Ray's outfit does not feel warm enough for where she is. So she's got these little pants that come down just below her knee, like capri-length pants. And then she's got an exposed calf muscle. Mm -hmm. And then she's got like basically kind of a tank on where her shoulders are exposed. And then she's got like armbands that are wrapped around that. Yeah. And I'm like, you, it, I mean, the whole time Luke is wearing multiple layers and like raincoats and all this stuff. And so I'm just like her outfit as a warrior outfit. I'm a little concerned with it's not warm enough. I need someone to show me my place in all this. All right, y'all. We know that we said we were going to take a break until February. <laughs> and technically, we are taking a break. But so much. Adrian and I just saw Star Wars The Last Jedi together in the theater. And we had to talk about it. Like, we were like, we came, we on our way home from the theater, we were like, we just, we're going to have to pull out our new microphones tonight <laughs> and figure those things out so that we can talk about Star Wars for an hour. Um, and we did talk about it. <laughs> we talked so much about Star Wars. And what we wanted to just offer to people, because so this is who this is for. There are some people who see the title of something and it says, hey, this says it's about Star Wars. And they're like, let me click through and just listen to that whole thing. But then afterwards, they're like, you just gave me spoilers. So we just want to be really, really clear. And they're like mad front. about it. Yeah. Don't be mad. <laughs> you click through. It says this is about Star Wars. This is about Star Wars. We're going to be giving details. We're going to be giving our feelings on things, our thoughts on things. We want you to search your feelings <laughs> to see if that is something that will upset you in the near future. And if it is, just stop right here. Go see the movie. Come back. The podcast will just be here for however long podcasts exist. And if you are one of those people who has like a hard time waiting, use the force. Use the force. Or just listen to this and then forget it all. Like do that clearing your own memory thing. Yeah. Okay. Um, Only whatever Adrian you knows do, how to do that. <laughs> I'm so good at that. <laughs> I literally live my whole life doing it. I'm trying to stop now. So healing healing so <laughs> i was like that's my healing work actually so <clears throat> so now that we've done with the dissociation jokes we just wanted to really make sure that this spoiler alert lands for people with love because like we really love y'all we don't want to spoil anything for you ever and we also don't want to be inhibited from ever talking about the things that we love and we didn't go see it first weekend this is not the second weekend this movie's been out there it's time for you to see it it's time for you to listen to us <laughs> geek out about it exactly are you ready i'm ready let's do this let's do this I'm Autumn Brown. And I'm Adrienne Marie Brown. And this is How to Survive the End of the World. Our podcast about learning from Grace, <laughs> rigor, and I curiosity. I can't believe this is happening. All right, I'm so sorry. <laughs> so we are here in our parents basement and we thought that we really needed to record right now mm -hmm. because we just saw star wars <laughs> the last jedi not only are we in our parents basement 
we are this is our christmas episode so we're celebrating Basically. and <laughs> so it's this is our downton abbey christmas episode oh, it's so abbey. it's downton abbey so i okay. have some wine adrian has some, some whiskey frog we have everything set up on a card table oh. in the basement mm. we're sitting on a futon it's true we are surrounded by toys Toy. There's a foosball table. Kind of there the is a tent. Of play. The detritus of play mm-hmm. from a day of children playing in this space. There's like a sticker Facebook. There's a ball and a tent, uh, like a circus tent. There's also a home gym to the left of us. <laughs> so you can just do like use your imagination. But yeah. you're right. We are here to talk about Star Wars. Okay. And we just watched Star Wars together. Yes, um, across the theater together. <laughs> we were in separate parts of the theater, but in the same theater together. We were we were in. We Adrian bought us tickets to watch Star Wars in D box seats. Yes, and this was my first experience Mine in a D box. Oh, really? Yeah, I never D box. Okay, so D boxing. It was. It was new. It was, pretty it was different. It was interesting. I actually loved it. I giggled. I really enjoyed every it. time the chair moved at all. So what a D box does is the chair, basically mostly it's just that the chair moves around in ways that are choreographed to go with the movie that you're mm-hmm. watching. The sounds of And the when it first started, <laughs> I thought that someone just kicked the back of my chair. And I think all the D-Box people, dad did too. I was sitting next to my dad. And yeah. we were both like, hey. And then like realized, oh no, this, yeah. is, a th- this is what the D-Box means. Yeah. Because everyone in the theater like laughed yeah. at the same time yeah. because the first movement of the chair was to sort of throw us all forward yeah. in time with the starting of the iconic Star Wars music. Which was so iconic. Oh, I can't. I don't know the song. And that's the sound of the starship. So, um, and then there's and then it goes like, and it goes quiet, and then after that is basically two and a half hours of women saving the entire world. So that's part of why we were like, we gotta freak out about this. We have to talk about this. And I really was like, did you guys know that the whole Me Too thing was gonna pop off and it was just gonna be the end of patriarchy right now? Right when you release, right when you release this movie, we're like every fucking every fighter jet, every fucking starship, everything that is for the side of good and right, good and right is like. Like, it's a woman behind the seat. Exactly. Except for, like, Poe Dameron, who is, like, trying to, like, fuck some shit up the whole time. And he's making a mess. And he's making a mess. And then the women just keep being like, okay, you're a mess. You're making a mess. Yeah. We're just going to, like, knock you out for a few more hours. Yes. So we can get through the rest of this film. And I love Where that. we save everything. Because they're basically like, this doesn't have to be about you right now. And you're picking up on Han Solo's lineage. We recognize that there's some usefulness occasionally mm-hmm. to the moves that you do, but you're not mature enough to be making the big decisions yet. Yeah. And we are, and so we're going to make them. So and we're oh, also all looking oh, wait, at wait, Han wait, Solo's pause, lineage. No, no, pause, no. Hold I on. have to say. No, 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 no. I have to say. No, no, I have we to have say. We have to say the spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> we can go back and put the spoiler alert in at the opening. Okay. Okay, okay. good. But spoiler now you messed alert. up my whole thing. No, it's great. 
Anyway, I, I was just gonna say to give people like, spoiler alert. This is we should do a descriptor of what just happened, <laughs> which was both of us putting our hands up in each other's faces, going, "No, no, 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 no." What I have to say is more important than what you have to say, and I just you're such you an interrupter. Oh am god. I? You are. I am. Yes. You but, too. Well, it's a wonderful quality that we both. Oh my have. god. It didn't know it's true. All right. But <laughs> I mean, it's our whole thing. I was going to say about the Han Solo situation is that yes. it also sort of felt like they were like, hey, you're also trying to live out Han Solo's lineage. And we're all looking around at like Kylo Ren yes. is Han Solo's son. And like, look what happened. So stop. Ooh, okay. You know what I mean? There's a little bit of a good. like, there's like a underlying yeah. burn around this where everyone's like, y'all see what happens. We know what goes down that we path. We know what goes down that path. Or we know what's down that path. And it's not good. So, Okay. So some of the, I mean, are there any moments you're like, I'm so thrilled and excited to lift this up in our spoiler extravaganza? Oh, <laughs> yes. For the women saving the day. For the women. Okay. So women saving the day. I mean, I think first of all, there was just like, I, I said this right after we walked out of the theater, but for me, there was just this like tide of emotion I felt almost every time they were, you know, sort of sending their um, fighters out into the yeah. sea of space to do battle and like yeah. they would do the sort of scroll across of like showing the different fighters like the pilots who the were rebels. behind the rebel fighters yes. and almost every time it was like a woman who was either helming the ship or behind the or in the seat and um and I just felt this like tide of emotion of just being like yes actually like when I envision you know, when I envision resistance, like yeah. I do envision a resistance in which women are in leadership. You know what I mean? Yeah. And because I think because it, when you look back on histories of resistance, that's what we always see. Right. Is that like women were the ones who were like, we're just going to go figure this out. Figure and then there's out. also something, too, about um, I mean, there's a broader piece here about the way that they in the in the film, the resistance is kind of represented that it's so extraordinarily diverse like yeah. who is working together is yeah. such a um incredible range like because it's not just women right it's like there's like women there's like multiple people of color there's aliens and then like always with the fighter pilots it's like if there's a dude it's like an older white dude yeah you know old, what i mean older. like scrappy older white dude exactly. and it's just like i like that too exactly. i like the like it's not like chris pine it's not chris pine it's just like yeah. this guy who's like no offense but you know it's just like whatever you gotta wonder about like what was his journey to that yeah. plate you and know he's just been being in there like, for a while he's been in it for a while from women for a while so i was so you know, impressed with how they did Princess Leia, mm. I have to say. Mm. Like, and there general. were so many general. moments. General. General thank you. Mm -hmm. Okay. Oh, I'm not going to get any of the names of anybody correct or the positions. Um, so I just yeah, want to say true. that on the front end. But I was going to be like, the person played by this person is most likely how I'm going to say stuff. Um, <laughs> Carrie Fisher. They did such a good job with Carrie Fisher. Exactly. So <laughs> I feel like, well, because I, I actually, that that is true. Like, I felt like I was moved to tears several times by what they were doing to honor her and to honor our grief of her and our need for mm -hmm. her. And um, so some of those key moments, like, you know, the one that like twisted my little heart was when she and Laura, the character played by Laura Dern. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. seriously, who knows what the so person's name is. It was like Ho Ho Holland or something like that. Holden? Holden. That sounds right. I can give her as my friend Jody Tanita because she really does. She does look She like gives Jody. me a lot of Jody energy. Um, and she's like, Jody is totally that kind of organizer. But so the goodbye between those two characters mm -hmm. was so like, oh, this is how we all feel. You know, it's like, 
may the force be with you, but like for real, for real, like yeah. you're a boss bitch. And so yes. am I. And like, <laughs> yes. we're doing boss bitch things and like, we're not doing it for like to be a legend in the world. We're doing it because it's the right thing to do. Yes. And there's a, a lot of humility. Um, and this is after Leia does the thing that we all wanted to happen in real life, which was like coming back from the dead and being like, my bad, y'all. I know you're not ready for that yet. Right. Like there's too much loss we can't Hold handle. Hold on. It. Let me wake myself up in space and, and just fly myself straight back. back into the ship. I'm here. And, and everyone's then... like, wait a minute. Hold on. Exactly. That, that's a hilarious. <laughs> I, I will say this is like maybe my one like critique moment of the film where it's like, yeah. wait a minute. Princess Leia, like, can fly through space and bring herself back from the dead. And, like, no one thought to mention that at any point previously in the story. Also, they don't mention it. And also, they still don't consider her Jedi level, right? Like, like, I'm like, I know she didn't go through the training and all. But the fact that they keep saying the last Jedi and you have this person who just, like, brought themselves back from the dead and, like, dragged themselves through space and, like, came back. Anyway, so that part... um, all of that was really exciting to me. And then just her leadership, like the fact that she was like, like the way she interacted with Poe when he disrespected her orders mm. and was like, oh, I'm just going to do what I want to do. Right. And she's like, you may have succeeded in the short term, but it costs so much. It's not worth it. And like, I'm demoting Did you notice you. how many people just died because yeah. he decided to take everyone into battle when I explicitly said not to? Exactly. And like that weight mm. that she carries feels like, oh, if I was to try to pinpoint the weight often that I feel like women carry in movement spaces, like that's the weight, right? It's like that it's not only the weight of understanding what the mistake was, yeah. but it's also the weight of having to help that person understand exactly what their mistake was. Exactly. And that's like a different type of when they're of, being disrespectful to you. When they're being disrespectful <laughs> to you, right? Yeah. That like not only do I have to know what what this cost, but I now have the responsibility of telling you something about yourself that's yeah. going to hurt. Yeah. But bec- but it's because you need to learn it in order for you to reach your potential. Exactly. And because I was like, I really want you here. Right. It's like you just like a lot of people just died for this mm-hmm. mission. And but that ties into this other thing, which I think is so powerful. And also so like I'm like, oh, there's so many movement lessons inside this. Mm. The way this movement, this movie is done that I feel like unique from the first set of three movies, unique from the second set. This one seems so rebel rebel and resistance oriented. Like what is the culture and commitment of being in a resistance? Mm-hmm. Um, but this idea that it's like you are not important. The resistance is important. The continuation of resistance is important. Yeah. It, you need to figure out how you're going to put your ego to the side or whatever you need to put to the side in order to play your position. Yeah. And I, I just was like, oh, I want everyone to watch this and study it, not for like, is it a good or bad movie, but more like, what is the what are the concepts that are being forwarded here that we can actually pull forward? And actually, it's one of the areas where I feel like, you know, of of the Star Wars movies that have come out in the last several years, Rogue yeah. One is actually for for me was the mo- has been the most powerful, and I feel like that's also the major lesson exactly. of Rogue One, right? Is like none of the characters that you're following in that story, except for the baddies, none of the characters yeah. that you're following make it out of that film alive, and yeah. it's because they all make the choice to play their position exactly. and offer the one thing that they have to offer exactly. in order to move basically move the pieces on the chessboard. Exactly. You know, and they like, under- here's my they, skill and, and here's my sacrifice. And there's that real understanding of like, this sacrifice that I'm making right now is not going to get us to victory. Yeah. It's literally just going to get us to the next step. Yeah. That's all it's doing. That's all it's going to do. <laughs> and just this idea that sometimes you are pit against an enemy that is so vast 
that that's actually what you have to do. Like, mm-hmm. <clears throat> I've been thinking about this a lot for our movement moment right now, that I feel like there in this last 10 years, there's been moments of experience, like the high of Arab Spring, the high of Occupy, the high of Black Lives Matter, mm-hmm. and then coming to this moment of like, oh, we were making these major advances forward and there's been a massive backlash. Like what mm-hmm. we're touching into is actually the deepest wounds of our species right now. White supremacy, colonialism, you know, patriarchy, genocide, genocide, capitalism, like these massive systems are like, oh no, I'm not going down without a fight. You're not just going to step me over to the side. You may advance. We're going to smash you. And so this idea that like, oh, we have to be sparks of a fire if we can't be the whole bonfire right now. Mm -hmm. And we have to be willing to humble ourselves to what it takes to be those sparks Mm -hmm. is, I mean, it's daunting to take in, but it's beautiful to actually watch and be like, oh, I see some of what we're up to right now on the screen um, in a way that I, I very rarely see in Hollywood. Yes. And so, and actually this bring ties, I think nicely to one of the other things that was so um, powerful, surprising and uncomfortable about the film was the relationship between Kylo Ren and Ray. Mm. Um, and I think it actually ties really nicely to something that we were talking about in the first episode, the pilot episode of our podcast, and okay. God has changed when we were talking about um, the, you know, we we like to think about how we change others. We don't want to think about how we're going <laughs> to, how we ourselves will be changed, especially if we're talking about people who we see as being so yeah. counter to us. And and yet the whole conflict, you know, in, in many ways, the central conflict of The Last Jedi yeah. is the relationship between Rey and Kylo Ren and that Rey cannot, she's like, She's connected to him. Yes. He's connected to her. There's this like profound, like chemical, spiritual attraction between the two of them yeah. that's like palpable. Yeah. And it's partly about the the mutual power that they have. And it's partly about the fact that they both are these kind of um, uh, uh, unmoored from family um, characters, right? So they have all these similarities in terms yes. of their childhoods. Yeah. And then... Um, you know, what part of what Ray is dealing with is that she really believes that she can pull him back. Yeah. She really believes, unquestioningly believes that yeah. he can be turned back to yeah. the light, right? She's like, I see the good and, in you. And and yeah. and she's like awakening that belief in him and, and it's you know, and it's and it's not powerful enough, unfortunately. But I think it's this interesting yeah. piece where we all have, I believe, all of us who are doing work in social justice movements. We all have relationships with people in our lives where we're like, I, I have to remain in relationship with you yeah. and I have to remain um, or, well, we don't all choose to do this, but I think the thing that we're seeing is that increasingly we have to choose to continue to try reaching for those people who we see as so... <laughs> The burbs. Sorry. <laughs> I just am like, I'm taking you seriously. And I don't you know care what? if you burp. I'm still taking you seriously. And you know what? I'm about to go get myself some more wine, is the other reality. But. Oh, I love that. I know. It's <laughs> I like I'm you. not even done You're yet. Like, um, I'm doubling down. I just want you to know I'm doubling down. But I do feel, you know, there there was something in, in some of those moments where, yeah. you know, that moment where they they touch each other through their minds. And it's this powerful moment of, that feels so familiar to me as someone who is, you know, over the course of my last, you know, um, decade plus of, of time working in movements have like also, 
intentionally cultivated relationships with people who I understand to be politically so different than me that mm. there's a way there's still this way that we touch each other as human beings that can't be compromised by our political differences. Yeah. And I think that there's something about the way that the movie like called that forth that yeah. was like, yes, like yeah. that's what we need. Like we, we need the people who are going to like be firing our guns yes. at, at the, at the like big colonial power. And we also need the like spiritual teachers who are like, also how do I go find the person on the other side yeah. who I can get to like choose to not kill someone? Exactly. <laughs> well, and who I can get to tap into whatever, you know, I, to me it brought up so deeply the connection between Anyanwu and Doro in Wild Seed and in Octavia Butler's work mm. where it's like ultimate the ultimate love story like beyond romantic beyond sexual beyond anything else is the ultimate love story between the light and the dark or the sun and the shadow or the healer and the destroyer and then it's like there's a root system that is connected and there's a massive power that is connected and then can these two people in a certain period of time be connected and feeling like you know when I look at like literally Almost all the mistakes I've made in my life, especially my movement life, and most of the, when I look at like the territory of, of like harm and dispute and conflict, it's all about that piece. There's something where it's like people trying to touch across this massive chasm of different beliefs for how we're going to actually change the world, save the world, like where should our focus be? I mean, it's like different beliefs that are so, mm. um, so polar and yet there's something swirling about in the kind of power that's being held there. And then I look at like, oh, what's happening in our country right now? What's happening between, you know, with the way that white folks are backlashing against um, the rise of, immigrants and black folks and people of color and power and women and you know mm -hmm. it's like there's this way that white supremacy and patriarchy and everything is holding on and it's almost like oh it's all in there and like that what kylo ren was saying several times is like we got to let all the past die like all of it has to go right. and we have to start anew i'm like i i know what that worldview is yes. right i'm yes. like oh he's like there's something not it's not the dark not side. This. It's not how I was treated for having this access to this power. And it's not what you're saying with these, this rebel forces mm -hmm. is something else. And I totally also, you know, I'm like, for me, I'm like, I'm riding with her because her perspective for the future is a collective perspective, right? She's like, it's not just something that you can do. Like right. you, and even if you choose to have me at your side doing it, that's not enough. That's not a movement. That's not a right. future. So I have to roll with this, but I see you and I see your humanity and I'm begging you not to go that way. And just, I mean, it just is like, oh, like, I was just like pull my heart out of my chest. And I really was in tears looking at those dynamics between the two of them and the beauty that it got built up with, like each time that they came face to face they across all this distance and the, how they were dropping in. And dropping that moment in. too, that moment, mm -hmm. because that moment where she rejects his request to like join with him yes. comes right after we finally see them like fight on the same side together. Oh, and, back to back. you know, where oh. he like, he kills his master to protect her. And Ooh. then she like picks up her lightsaber and then suddenly they're like back to back fighting off these Sith yes. people and like and it's just so like it was so power. it was so celebratory right like yeah. that moment and then still he can't quite make the shift completely yeah. which I actually respected much more as a choice storyline choice I actually respected much more that oh, they yeah. had that fighting together moment but then he was like 
uh, no, I still want to do this other thing. Right. <laughs> you know, he's like, like, this is awesome. And like, clearly we're awesome. So it also reminded me a little bit of the pattern master. Like, you know, so if you go from wild seed through the journey of like, oh, we actually have telepathic powers and we're actually better than all these other people. And then they become these elite overlords, right? Mm-hmm. That's what happens in Octavia Butler's wild seed to pattern mastered series. That idea that like, once you recognize you have some power that is different from what other humans around you have, how do you actually stay humble and stay collective mm-hmm. in that moment? He doesn't know how she does, right? She's like, I see that, but actually we've got to use that to tap into what's happening for and with these other people. Right. And then they, she goes back and like how she taps into it, what she taps into is so powerful. I actually think she's a big part of how Luke is able to do what he's doing. Like I think something about mm. her being on that planet and in that area, I'm like- He's like connecting to Exactly, her. I think there's some way her. that he was bridging through her. Mm, yeah, and actually what's interesting too is that in that moment where he's asking, where Kylo Ren is asking Ray to join him, he 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 invites and notices that aspect of it where it's like he's like the truth about your parents is that you come from nobody yes. right and so he's like he's able to recognize that the whole piece about bloodline and lineage actually doesn't even matter which is so good which is so powerful but then he's <laughs> not able to make that next like yeah. the next leap or next step into understanding fully what does it really mean if we let go of bloodline and lineage completely exactly. right yeah, but I think there's something something interesting to me because it felt like a really new thing to be like, actually, your parents are not Skywalkers. Yeah. You're not from a Sith line. Your parents were nobodies, and still this power is inside of you, right. and you're tapped in. And then, and so then that means, oh, there's all these people possibly could be yeah. trained. All of this could be awakened, right. which, again, to me, from our movements, is like when we think about leaderfulness, leaderful movements, and how we build those, um, so much of it is like how do we – turn on within each person that power of like you can be resistance you can tap into that greater energy and like when I think you know I, I laughingly say like oh my study of somatics feels like Jedi school but I'm like I really do mean it like I'm like oh getting movement people to come and be like can you feel can you feel the interconnection between all things mm. can you feel that within yourself there is a center that is connected to all that energy and then can you what can you do differently once you've tapped into that mm. right and I'm like it's not a game like a lot of people are actually trying to turn this on and turn it on from a scientific standpoint as well as a magical standpoint right um that i'm like oh jedi is like something you train up and develop and and then tap and it's also something you're training up and developing something that is innate something that's in you Right. Yeah. But I felt like it was very anti-elitist, anti-monarch, anti-capitalist. I to mean, have my it be absolute like favorite <laughs> section of the film, I have to say, was just the like, they land on the wealthy people planet. Hell and, yes. the ca- <laughs> and they just destroy the casino and mm-hmm. like, just like run down all the wealthy people and just, just like smash everything and all their cars. And <laughs> it's just like... <laughs> It's just this amazing, like, delicious, like, smashing of... And says it very, like, over the head. It's just, like, the only way you get to be this wealthy is by investing in war and selling, like, weapons. Yeah, and that point that they made, right, that of, like, of the... These folks are selling weapons both to... 
the first order and to the resistance, exactly. right? That like there's money to be made on all sides of this conflict. Exactly. And no one, it, I, I like that about the film that like no one gets let off the hook exactly. because I think it's easy to forget in the presentation of the resistance, it's easy to forget that um, the resistance is also populated by people who were like the monarchs and senators and so exactly. and so and such and such of all these countries that got smashed by the first order, right? <laughs> and exactly. so it's like, you know what I mean? So like there, like there's many people people who are everyday soldiers and everyday people. And then there's also people who are like elites that are trying to regain the power that they used to have on their home worlds. Exactly. And so it's not, you know, it's, and in that way, I think it's sort of, it is very reflective of some of the stuff that we're navigating in our movements right now. Right. Yeah. Which is that like, there's extraordinary class differences yeah. um, and differentials in terms of how much power and access to resources people come into movement spaces with yeah. that really impact both how people show up in relationship, how people understand what the work, what the purpose of the work is, yep. but it also impacts like how do people experience harm or what do people experience as harmful? Mm -hmm. Um, and um, and then like the level of tolerance that people have within movement spaces for right. um, for both like experiencing harm and then being willing to actually engage around it. And so, yep. you know, one of the things I think that we're starting starting to see a bit of a resurgence of um, is, you know, uh, there's a sort of tide shifting that's happening in a lot of movement spaces right now of people um having less and less resiliency or willingness to engage directly around, um, around their pain or their conflicts and wanting to do more of that sort of rejecting behavior yep. of pushing yeah. people out and shaming people. It. And, yeah. um, and I think that, I mean, and I, I, I think that some of that has to do with like the, the fact of the political climate being so much more like overtly hostile, yeah. um, to the work that we're all doing. But it's also like, oh, what what's going on in our spaces that we're not able to like achieve the level of um, we're all in this togetherness that yeah. like we're that like we just witnessed on the screen tonight in exactly. that film, right? Of people being like, you know, because yeah. like it's I mean it's so interesting when you think about like the dynamic between the Laura Dern character, the General Holden or whatever her character's name was, yeah, maybe Admiral, Holden. the Admiral something. She was, but you know, and she's, she's like dope. walking around in this fancy ass dress with her fancy ass hair, and her purple, and hair. like, and she's like clearly coming, like she's someone who's like clearly used to holding power, exactly. right? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like, you've got to wonder what the backstory of that of a character like that is. What is she triggering in someone like Poe Dameron? Yep. In terms of why he's like not wanting to take leadership from her exactly. you know what I'm saying exactly. and yet she's bringing a bunch of skills and gifts and if she's allowed to like step fully into holding her power well she fucking holds it yeah and she has a legacy of holding it like he's like oh that's who won everything before like, right <laughs> oh that's not what I was expecting which I love the there's like levels to it right it's like right. she's a woman she's um stylish she's mm -hmm. um you know, she's a white woman. She's, I mean, there's like all these levels to it. Right. right. And I think it's all to me, it's like, Oh, I, I love that they're messing with that. And there's something about the pressure cooker of, we don't have time to waste. We don't have people to waste. We don't have energy to waste. Right. right? It's like you either there's like 30 you need to left. get with us. Or, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Right. You need to get with this or not get with this. And I also love how even it's this small band of folks and this idea that like when they do go to the casino planet, right? It's like, oh, right. 
there's all these planets, like things are just continuing on yeah. without a real sense, or it feels like without necessarily a real sense of like, this fight is happening right now. Yeah. And yet this fight is for the whole. It's and for the whole. so I think about that where I'm like, oh, how it's do like we rock. take these? Exact, it feels <laughs> you know like I mean? standing rock. It feels it does. exactly like that. It's, it's like, like okay, well, place, we are holding it down on behalf yes. of humanity over here yes. and like literally putting our bodies on the line and willing to die on behalf of all of you. Yes. But you're just going to go keep going to the Mall of America and shopping. Exactly. But that's right? fine. And or, we'll or keep holding it down. We'll hold it down here and we'll also shut that down or we'll go to other places right. and shut these down. But, you know, it feels exciting in a lot of ways to be like, oh, we're on the side of those small groups of people, those small bands of people who are figuring it out and who are saying, yeah, it is 30 of us. And we do feel like we're willing to put up a fight for the whole future. Right. right? And that we're the ones who have to do that. And then. I mean, the whole thing with Finn and Rose, two characters whose names really did stick with me, Rose being like, this is how we win, saving what we love, you know, not fighting what we hate, but saving what we love. That idea to me, I mean, just like every time I say it, I get little chills on me. I'm like, that's I, I deeply, deeply believe you know, that's to me the fundamental piece of like what you pay attention to grows. Like we have to pay attention to that. We love we have to hold on tight to that, what we love and be willing to fight for it. But fight in such a way that we're saving it not yeah. fight in such a way that we're letting the the opposition decimate us right and decimate what we love which is each other and our connection to each other totally. right um that feels i mean that that i actually enjoyed that whole side plot because it's like oh finn is deserting no he's doing it because he's trying he to save Ray. what he loves yes. right he he's loves like Ray. i've got to go get as far away from here as possible ray's got so to be that able when to she find comes me. to look for us she has to find me and i love that live. they're not confused you know they're like uh that's you know he keeps saying my friend right when you see my friend whatever right. like they don't they still don't give us like is this a romance like right. what's happening you know they keep all the relationships complex in the way that's like that makes sense given we're in the total apocalyptic <laughs> you know it's like who knows what's gonna happen whatever i'd be kissing everybody i mean i know you would and and maybe that's that's what you will do when the time comes, yeah when the time right? comes You'll just I'll be running be like, like i'll be making out with everybody i think it's time for me to make out with kyle <laughs> Ren just to taste that dark side <laughs> I'll taste that and just dark to side. understand what the dark side really is like um <laughs> Girl, don't mess with the dark side. Oh, <laughs> um, Ben mess with. So, <laughs> okay. so the other thing I wanted to lift up with that, oh, that he's deserting, but for his friendship. And right. then Rose is like, I love you. Like, I immediately am crushed out and I really look up to you and all that. But I'm still going to knock you the fuck out I'm and take you. Shock like, I'm still going to hold you accountable yeah. if you're doing something that goes against movement. Right. right. Which I'm like, you that, that that particular move to me, like Rose is Rose to me was like the MVP of the whole movie. Yes. That she was just like, you do the right thing yeah. and you can love someone and still do the right thing. You yeah. can love someone and knock them out. You can love someone and take down their plane if they're trying to be like the superhero that's actually making the wrong move. Yes. Like you can just keep loving them and just being like, no, fool. Yeah. Like I got to hold you accountable. <laughs> yes. Right. And sacrifice yourself <laughs> did i mention that my sister died today i mean page like you know, that sacrifice that is so scene, deep. okay page of for me page wins for like most intensely acted scene for a character who doesn't have any lines and then we never see her again exactly she dies, right like exactly what wow. who is that actress i know i like her an award an award right now she gets an award she gets an award She's, she gets the house like survive the end the of the world out of that ladder or whatever. Um, and I was like, yes, girl. sacrifice award. And there were moments like that where I was like, oh, there's she a little that, force here. Little there's a little control. force there, right? Yeah. 
Like, I feel like in this movie, more than in others, you see just, like, touches of force here yeah. and there. Where it's like, oh, it's not it's not lit up. It's not at, at the full range for all the right. characters. But there are moments where it's like, that thing had already fallen past her. She and it, it was stuck up there. Like, there's no reason it should have fallen, really, based... I mean, like, if I'm like, that ship is so big, it's not like her kicking it is really going to do all that. <laughs> exactly. it's so like, there's how? just, like, all these moments yeah. that were like, uh, I think there's a little force there. And that little boy at the end, like, the with the little tiny force with the grabbing the, the broom, broom, I was like, this message could not be any clearer. First of all, you need to meditate so you can project your ass into battle and actually fight people and, like, handle your shit like Luke Skywalker does. Yeah, meditation. Meditation, yo. Like, that, I, I, I think one. I was like, meditation. I think I'm going to start meditating again tomorrow. I've been falling <laughs> off, you know. But I'm like, oh, I do feel much more empowered <laughs> when I'm meditating. So I think that one for everybody. And lesson then, two, the force is everywhere. The force is everywhere. And it's in you. And then lesson three, trust the babies and teach the babies. Mm. Because even when you feel like, oh, this is the last part. Because even that little boy would still be there. Like, even if they, their everything had been decimated, that little boy is still there. And he's still able to pull that broom with the force, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm like... You, you know, ego makes you think that you're at the center of everything and what you do is the only thing that's happening. Mm-hmm. And humility allows you to be like, there's always a next generation yeah. coming up. And our job in many ways is to keep it going so that there's something for them to grab onto and apply their brilliance to. Mm-hmm. And just the, you know, the whole way they set it up, I'm just like, that little kid's going to be somebody. <laughs> Who is he going to be? <laughs> you He's know? already somebody. I mean, I mean, that's, and that's the Oh, yeah, because he that's played like, that role. In well, the, that's, the beauty, good, right? that's the beauty of the whole yeah. story, right? Is that, like, there's no, um, there's no like, um, point of becoming. Right. You know what I mean? Right. For any of the characters. There's being, just, like, the um, being given the space to actually contribute what they have to give. I love that. I love that. I'm looking over, you know, we made a list on the drive home of like, like all the things all the about things. it. We did have some questions. We did have some questions about the movie. One was the tracking device thing. Like we felt like they didn't properly explain that was not well how explained. a tracking device got onto there unless onto the I ship. missed it. But I've watched the movie twice now and I didn't see it. You could still have missed and, it. I mean, anything could happen with me. But, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, honey, I'm always barely, barely holding on to my attention. But uh, this is why I need to meditate. But I, I do feel <laughs> like... Um, so you can project yourself into yourself. I need to project myself into myself while I'm watching a movie so I can understand where that tracking device came from. Where did it like, come from? Because they're just like, oh, we have a line on them. I'm like, what? But did was well, and I was just like, so is there a traitor somewhere on the ship who exactly. like put that there? Like, what's, is this I'm Battlestar like, Galactica? Give me a traitor and I will buy us? this, right? Right. Like, and what's going? But on? I'm like, so they, that was one. Part, was that one, was like a loose end. Yeah. And then the other one, which I really, I, I didn't think of this one. I wouldn't have noticed it, but Genjo thought of it, which mm-hmm. is that. Luke Skywalker is supposed to be hiding in like the hardest place to find in the entire <laughs> universe, but it's the original Jedi temple, like where all the books are. Like, it's like yes, how is that the most how unfindable is that the most place? unfindable, unlikely place to be? Thank I'm like, you, Genjo, for noticing that exactly very egregious I'm discrepancy just, on the part of the writers of this exactly. of this movie. I was glad that Genjo's not a Sith, yeah. and you know, yeah, I mean, he's I'm got sure a very powerful mind and a very powerful meditation practice. So it's really good that he's That's not a true. Sith. No, I'm every day. I think I'm like, oh, thank shit, you. He's projecting himself in here right now. No, he's not. No, he just texted me. <gasps> Oh my god! Like right here, it's crazy. <laughs> Sorry, I'm way too excited about that. <laughs> All right, so uh, you know, I'm sure there's other 
plot holes. I, I'm sure I could see people not being as into the humor as I was. Um, you know, like I feel like this I is like a the movie. Penguin bird creatures I on the island. I love those. But like, I'm sure that there are like us. haters out there who are like birds. I mean, birds. I think that there's people who are just like hating. I mean, it was interesting. I went and looked on like Rotten Tomatoes and I was like, critics for this movie were like 98% positive and audiences are like 54% positive. Oh, interesting. And I think it's really interesting because I'm like, oh, this is this one is so focused on the Rebel Alliance and our country is literally at a 50-50% kind of split right now <laughs> of, you know, those who want to move us forward and those who want to regress us back to slavery. Right. So, I'm like yeah, oh, this is interesting to me. Fifty-four percent of people think that this movie is good. I wonder what that says about America, right? Um, <laughs> like, I'm like, I'm noticing these kind of pop, funny. pop cultural things where I'm like, mm-hmm. I totally think that's why. I think yeah. there's totally people going and being like, the rebels are, you know, actually unifying, and they're and clearly look how made they to are. look I so hate their good. diversity. Exactly. Well, this is the whole thing. This was those like the side of the immigrants um, and those with dis- different abilities and all that. That's like we're all on the rebel alliance. Um, <laughs> Well, and this was the whole point that, um, oh, what's his name? In the essay in Octavia's Brew. Mumia Abu-Jamal. That Mumia Abu-Jamal made in the, the round, like, America's whole relationship with the Star Wars, um, with the project of Star Wars, exactly. right? That America wants to be the Rebel Alliance, exactly. but is actually empire. the Empire, you exactly. know? And I think that it's, you know, we're at a moment in the political climate where it's really impossible for people not to recognize that, like... You know, if America of the 1970s and 80s was the empire, then America of 2017 is absolutely the first order. Exactly. Right now. You know what I mean? In terms of this, like, new rise of fascism. Like, it's very obvious. And then the idea that the rebels don't come from one country or another country. It's a global, international, interspatial, inter whatever, you know, multiplanetary rebel alliance, which also feels, again, like an important message in this moment where fascism is not just rising within the borders of the U.S. It's everywhere. It's happening all over the world. It's been happening for a while. And immigration, these migration patterns are driven by it. We're being driven into each other's arms and we need to be driven into alliances with each other. I look at the work of Mijente, I look at the work of Sanctuary Cities and I'm like, we need to be thinking of these spaces as part of how we are you know, in rebel alliance with each other, right? Of just like these borders were created by those who wanted to keep us from each other and keep us from the resources of this planet and have all these micro controlling systems of these resources. And we have to band together and be like, no, we resist. We give, we will not give into that. And I just wanted to highlight, I, I, this time during the movie jotted down some of the lines that I absolutely loved Mm -hmm. so the you know i absolutely love that one of like this is how we win not by fighting what we hate but by saving what we love yeah and then this time you know yoda comes in and he's like the greatest teacher failure is which i was just like i love that idea too and then the line about um what is the we are what they grow beyond that, that, that is, is the like true the master's true burden. Master's burden. Yeah. That to me is just sort of like, oh, just you're like, always right. mastering something with the idea that like in the teaching of it, you will be surpassed. Yeah. That's the good news. Yeah. And that you don't really no no one ever goes anywhere. That's the other thing. It's like no one really goes away. Yeah. It's like everything becomes part of the energy that all of us can draw on when we need it. And I love how they personalize that in these movies. It's like when you need a miracle. You call on Obi Wan Kenobi, you right. know, and he will appear. And the and same Yoda way, just like will some sometimes just like show up just to be like, just to be like I told you, 
or whatever the little funny <laughs> laugh is, right? <laughs> that was better. That was much better. Thank you. I, I could keep going, but yeah. I'm going to master that on my own, and then you can grow beyond it. So I really feel like, but, you know, in real life, I think we call on Octavia all the time. We call on Harriet. We call on Ella. Mm-hmm. We call on all these folks to say, we know we can't do this on our own, and somehow personalizing that ancestral wisdom helps us to get through these moments. And I'm like, oh, we're totally doing Jedi ancestral work and then this line that they say about the Laura Dern character also feels like such a call to like how to be a leader right now she was more interested in protecting the light than looking like a hero and I'm like oh how do we organize that way and invite new people who are coming into organizing to step away from anything that's like this requires you to be flashy and in a spotlight in any way um, and to be raised up above your community in any way and actually driving towards how are you protecting the light, the light in your community, the light of your folks, and also the light of our species right now, the light of this planet right now? Like, how do we keep that multi-layer? Yeah, it's interesting. Um, In my co-ops, I'm a part of this um, worker-owned cooperative called the Anti-Oppression Resource and Training Alliance. Aorta. Aorta. And we actually, I'm just thinking about this because we just happened to go through a process recently where we were doing one of our evaluations of one of our one of our owners. Y'all are so intentional. We're very intentional, but one of the things that we actually evaluate each other on is whether people present with humility and are not motivated by a desire to be like famous or like in leadership or uh, in in front of other people. Uh And one of the reasons why we're very conscientious about that is because as people who are like facilitating and leading training and working with all these different organizations across different movement spaces, mm. it would be very easy for people to begin to see us in that way. It'd be very easy for us to get drawn mm. into like the cult of personality that yeah. happens around that type of work. And so it's like, so we actually, it's one of the things that we hold each other accountable to through our evaluation processes. Like oh, how that. much are you giving into like the cult of personality that could emerge around the way you do what you do? Oh, Knowing that that like, that that energy is there inside of all of us in the work and it's just like an interesting thing of like how do we how do we and and, and it's a tension right because for all of us in our co-op and for anyone who does movement work I think that there's a tension of like um, everyone needs to be seen everyone needs to be visible and we all need to feel like our work is appreciated and celebrated and also how does that appreciation and celebration happen like through partnership and relationship exactly you know what I mean like how do we have that happen through relationship as opposed to um, you know within capitalism the way that appreciation and celebration happens is through like the transfer of resources yes. to one those we deem person, to be most successful, right? One place, yeah. And so it's like we have to, we basically, I mean, this is something I've been thinking about a lot basically since the, really since the eclipse in August. I've, I've been thinking a lot about like mm. how do we in our movement work create new and different measures for how we understand whether we are succeeding at actually like changing our culture, changing our ideas, changing our minds, like changing our ideologies. Like how do we, how do we actually measure the level of ideological shift that needs to happen? How will we know it? Because all the measures that we currently have are based in colonial thinking and colonial ideologies, right? So it's like we, oh, we need a different way of, of understanding whether we're 
whether we are actually changing the way we think. Exactly. You know, or... And the way we practice. And right? the way we practice. And it's like... And I mean, on the other side of that, I think... I, I Or not I think. I know that there's a way in which we can't fully, you know... It's, you know, something that we say, that's uh, one of my favorite quotes, actually, this from this South African writer named um, Brighton, Breitenbach or something like that, um, <laughs> which is, he has, like, I'm not even kidding. That's like, actually, Sorry. I think his name. I'm not laughing at his <laughs> It's name. the weirdest name. Like, or whatever. Um, <laughs> like, he has a name or whatever. But um, um, <laughs> he says, he has this quote that goes, each generation lives in the fullness of its own uh, damn it. <laughs> okay. It's something like each generation lives in the fullness of its own understanding. What is our horizon? I, I have heard. That I, I, I used to have it in my email signature cause it's just That's like so I powerful to me, but it's like this question of, you know, we don't actually, un we don't know what is the limit of our current ability to see and understand the world. And we actually won't know what the limit is until the people who are going to surpass us yeah. come and surpass us. If we live and then, long like, enough to watch. If we live long enough to watch. Like, oh, we just won't know. But, but then there's a question of like, will we, able, will we be able to be humble enough to see that they have mm. surpassed us? Usually not. Right? <laughs> I mean, so far. And I think there's I don't something think that's true, though. I think that there's I think that there's a I think that there are many, many I, I interact regularly with many movement elders who I think are able to see. So that's what I was just about to say. Yeah. To me, that's the sign of a movement elder versus a lot of other older people on the planet. <laughs> right. <laughs> Is, I'm like, generally, I feel like as people age on the planet, they're not super generous about seeding the way to the next generation. And it creates like all these power struggles. And to me, well, let's not generalize about on the planet. I think that we're thinking, I mean, uh, there's a lot that's going on in our culture. Maybe in racialized capitalist yes, nations. Yes, How about that? Yeah. So in racialized I just, I just want to, I was nations. thinking about this when we were, uh, when I was listening back to some of our previous episodes of realizing like, we have been, we really I think, in some of our episodes. Yeah. We can really only speak for American culture, and we've, I think, been generalizing a little bit, and I just wanted to kind of have a pause moment of, like, recognizing there's so many other places around the world where people, like, live so fundamentally differently than the way we live here. Thank God. And it's, like, right. I think it's important to just remember that, that, like, oh, yeah, like, and that's why we know half of what we know. You know well, what I'm saying? I mean, I think there's, <laughs> I love that pause. And I also love the, to me, there's the intense contradiction of it. Because I think a lot of times I speak in a global fashion because I believe that we are in the belly of a beast that is creating destruction that is global, yes. right? And yes. that it's actually really hard to find places that are outside the reach or influence or impact level of what we're doing so I, I feel like there's the contradiction of holding that there's that and then there's also there are a lot of folks who are like yeah and we reject that, that or we're not interested in that yes. and we're really doing something else or we see it and we really want to invite you to something else because we see the impact you're having on us and that so I I accept it and I'm excited about it and I totally forgot what I was saying before that um, oh, movement elders versus other people Great. on the planet. So movement elders versus other 
older folks wherever that I've experienced them. <laughs> <laughs> right? Because that is global like, again. Now. I mean, I have lived in other places. <laughs> I like, I've been a lot of places. So. I've been so many places in my life and time. All right. Beans. So I think that alcohol is coming in. All right. So, uh, <laughs> um, or maybe it's been Is air. that water? Mm, yes. Okay. okay. It's water with um, Kid Fury and Crystal's faces on it. This is from, I just went to see the read live and I got That's this so sticker because I love them. Okay. Podcasting elders, I guess. Podcast so, elders for sure. But yeah, this idea about, to me, this is one of the beautiful things I see in movement and I see done well a lot in movement is folks being like, I recognize that I am an elder and I'm excited about what's coming. Right. And, you know, to me, when I think about like why Grace Lee Boggs was such a exciting mentor to come across, it's because she was just like, she didn't act like a mentor ever. You know, she was just sort of like, I'm a brain and you're a brain. And like, let's geek out about like how change happens together. People are beginning to say, the only way to survive is by taking care of one another by recreating our relationships to one another, that we have created a society over the last period in particular where each of us is pursuing self-interest. We have, we have devolved as human beings. But like even when she would challenge or engage, it wasn't from a place of like, I'm so far beyond you. It was more like, I want to make sure you've read this so that we can be in a real conversation as peers about this right. and right. that mode. And then I come across other elders in our work who are figuring out other ways to pass on what they know, to partner with, to support, to seed the way, to, you know. Mm -hmm. and, and then I've been working um, as part of intergenerational facilitation teams now and also finding a lot of excitement in those spaces where it's like it's really deep to facilitate with people who are like I actually was there during the civil rights movement and now I'm here seeing what's happening and so we don't have to make any hyperbole about what happened there it really was this good and it really was this bad and like <laughs> yeah. now here we are and like here's the things that are really are repeating themselves like COINTELPRO and here's the things that are not right, right. and we're you know so we there's there's ways that we, history repeats itself and then there's always new layers to it and I only I think it's only because elders are like I see myself as someone who needs to pass this on because I'm not going to be here and I want to make sure you've got it yeah. so that you can surpass me please God surpass me right, right? Like, which is exciting please figure this out so that we yeah don't to or take the next step yeah. right it's like don't <laughs> go backwards just keep it keep it all moving forward right. we're so grateful to all of you who are listening to this it's our christmas episode and you can also send us corrections about anything that we thought that we got right <laughs> that was totally incorrect yes yes teach us star wars teach us star wars teach us star wars um we are humble for your students <laughs> we're watching <laughs> um, all right <laughs> and now we're turning the show off <laughs> <laughs> i really feel my drink we're on twitter and instagram at end of the world pc we're also on facebook at end of the world show you can also make a sustaining donation through Patreon by visiting our page, patreon.com slash endoftheworldshow. How to Survive the End of the World is produced and edited by our beloved Zach Rosen. Music for today's show comes to us from Blue Dot Sessions and Tunde Alaniran. Good night. Good night.
We thought that our new theme song for this show should be Bean Cut Bean. Bean.